Hey, thanks for dropping by to the Planners on Purpose podcast, created by Naomi Tucker, CMP. Now, this space is for the event planners to encourage and empower you so that you can fully live your life on purpose. So before we dig in, please take a moment to subscribe so you get future shows. Now, here she comes, your host, Naomi. Welcome back to another episode of Planners on Purpose podcast. And my name is Naomi Tucker, your host. And thank you so much for being here today. Welcome. Today, we're continuing a conversation that I had with industry influential leader, treasure mentor, and industry advocate, Janet Spearstead. So I'm so excited to have her with us again for part two of our discussion on neuroscience. Janet, welcome. Thank you, Naomi. So great being with you. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. So I wanted to jump into neuroscience of kindness because we left off in our last discussion talking about just being kind to ourselves, especially as we're having the impact of everything that we're doing as event Mm -hmm. professionals and some of the outside challenges that we have externally in the world. I would love for you to talk about how neuroscience intersects with kindness and give us a little bit of a, just some insight into using both of those. Yeah. You know, kindness is a pro-social thought. And our brain, 90% of the conversations we have is social in nature. We even dream socially. Our brain's natural set point is to commune with others, be with others, think about others. And so our brain is a very social organ and it responds to that and it's very sensitive to the social atmospheres and kindness is a pro-social thought and it involves perception of others thinking about others their needs their wants and it's it's also it gives an impulse to be kind and so when we talk about being a pro-social thought you know it activates the brain's center of empathy it activates the brain's center of the ability to think and understand of others. So it uses that part of the brain of that, that is where empathy and compassion are housed. It's also a neurochemical. Kindness is a neurochemical. Endorphins, serotonin, dopamine, oxytocin. We talked about that in our last episode. That's all happiness and well-being. So kindness is actually a neurochemical, and it ignites the reward region of our brain, which is right around our hippocampus, which is our emotional center, and all of our reward region of our brain lights up like a Christmas tree when we have all those beautiful chemicals happening. It's also a culture. Kindness is a culture. I grew up with a mother that said, it's nice to be nice, so be nice. And so... That was just the mantra. And that was the mantra of our family. And so like, I'm like a golden retriever. It's like, hi, how are you? You're just a stranger of a friend I haven't met yet. You know, it's just because that's how I come into the world. And that's like the culture of my family. And it cultivates commonalities, not differences. Our brain is geared to look to differences 
In our last conversation we had in the podcast, we talked about threat. Differences are threats to the brain. We notice them. Depending on what they are, how much do we respond to that threat? And on my off time, I'm a birder. I don't go out looking for birds. I look for differences. What's moving in that tree that shouldn't be moving that way? What's that shape that's different than that? I use threat. I use those differences to find the birds I want. And so when we look at this culture of kindness, it automatically looks for commonalities. It fosters inclusive thinking. It fosters belongingness, collaboration. It activates the mirror neuron. There's two of them right inside, right inside the middle of your brain. And it does exactly what their name says, mirror. It mirrors exactly what it sees. If you've ever yawned when someone else has yawned, that's your mirror neuron. You didn't have control over it. Your mirror neuron saw it and said, take in. So when we see kindness happening, even to others, and we're not a part of it, it activates those same beautiful chemicals in our brain. So it really starts to create a culture of kindness. When you have that, what happens? People take more risks. We share more. We're more collaborative. We share more partners. We're, we tell bad news first before we tell good news. All those things that people want to hear. I want to hear bad news first before good news. All those things, you foster culture that allows that and does that. So kindness is really powerful for us on the neuroscience of tapping into that. Yeah. And it's like when you know that, then you can use kindness as a superpower. <laughs> you know, when it when you are interacting with people in the industry, when you're interacting with vendors and everyone, and even when you're responding yeah. to certain situations, I can see it being very beneficial on how you approach challenges and problems through kindness versus doing it differently. Like there is there like responding to a problem and someone helps you and saying, thank you for your understanding and grace during this difficult time. Mm -hmm. Instead of just saying, thank you. I appreciate you understanding. Saying those other words, there is a language of kindness saying things like, I am proud of you. You can do this. I believe in you. Mm -hmm. I care about you. I trust you. All those things, saying those things, I respect you, leads and activates kindness. And kindness cascades across people. So let's pick on something very volatile and very difficult for event professionals. Registration, right? Mm -hmm. A lot happens in that little transactional place. And you have a lot of people that have a lot of different needs. And there's a lot of volume. You're excited. When we get excited, we get a little more agitated. Our dopamine goes down, cortisol goes up because we're getting all excited. And so when someone has a problem, shows up and says, oh, I didn't register, but can I register? (laughs) What? You're throwing off of my counts. I don't have enough room. Like what's going on? And so how you handle that moment isn't just about that person. It's cascading throughout your entire moment in that room because people will watch that and they'll be like, oh my gosh, do I, do I have my name badge? They said to print it off. I don't have, my printer didn't work very good at home. What am I going to do? And I'm going to be called out on. We're all eight years old in adult bodies. We don't want to be picked on, left out and picked last and embarrassed. And so that kindness and saying, oh, you know what? Why don't you step over here and let, and so-and-so is going to help you like remove the problem, right? And minimize it. Seeing how you handle that interaction 
cascades throughout that whole first interaction of registration. Same thing with your team. Someone comes in with a problem. I have to do a CEM class Sunday. I leave tomorrow in Dallas. I just got 12 new people into the, into the, uh, we were full before. And I was like, okay, I would love to have you. I can't wait to see you. Mm -hmm. please read the pre-reading because it's expected. Mm -hmm. Good luck these next three days, <laughs> you know? And yeah. so it was like, you know, just asking, and I appreciate you coming in. It's the last minute. So I'm going to ask for your grace and understanding if I get your name wrong when I call on you. And so like all of that, how you handle that is in that kindness piece of it. And I know those 12 people are going to come in and they're going to come prepared because they're like, oh, I'm really interested in this, Janet. It sounded really excited. I was, I was welcome to it. So all those things matter. And it cascades across the teams, across the event, across our attendees. Yeah. And I, I feel like even with our clients, and you did hint on that as well, because sometimes there can be a lot of pressure, a lot of situations that can be pretty sticky in event planning when it comes to us making sure that we're putting on the best event for our clients. And sometimes the criticisms that they have do not come off too kind. So I love it when you said really put the problem, kind of bring the problem to the side, take the emotion out of it and respond in kindness can really help us alleviate kind of that energy that we're getting from our clients too. Yeah. You know, that's a great, I'm really glad you said that about putting the emotion aside because what happens in the brain? Cause right. You don't have control. You have control over how your brain thinks and responds and you have control over your own emotions and how you react, but your emotions are going to happen the way they happen. If it's how your brain is wired back to our first podcast, right? Yeah. But what happens in the brain, if you think about data and you think about emotions, what's the client saying? What, you know, what's the, what's true about this and what, What's their reaction to it? The emotions around it. Separating it, it uses different parts of the brain. Mm -hmm. The brain isn't like a Christmas tree. It lights up and it's on. All different parts activate. So when you're in that moment and you're getting criticism that doesn't feel good, that may not be true, but it's true because they said it, ask yourself, what else could be true? It activates the prefrontal cortex and starts to look at data. Your brain is like a seesaw. When data goes up, the, what we think about emotions and people go down. It gets deactivated. Mm -hmm. So it's not about taking emotions and putting them aside. Well, you don't put them aside. They're inside you. They're inside your body and your brain. So looking at maybe the data, what's the data telling us? It's using a different part of the brain that deactivates some of the emotions. Mm -hmm. And asking yourself, what else could be true? activates the brain and deactivates your emotional response to it. Mm -hmm. And so if you think you're getting that criticism and you're just thinking, that's not true. That's not what happened. All you're doing is you're starting to amp up your cortisol. Mm -hmm. You're deactivating your critical thinking and you're responding emotionally because the part of the brain that's critical thinking is deactivated. So just sort of using some of those tricks in that moment could be heated but, or it could just be in a follow-up post-con, you know, what else could be true? What else could be true? And so that could be helpful in that moment because, you know, we also want to be perfect and that's just an elusive thing. Mm -hmm. It's about being prepared. 
And as we always know, everything's good on paper until you add humans. <laughs> and we're in the business of so humans. <laughs> so, so help your brain, you know, think about it. It's a seesaw. As you think about data, as you think about numbers, as you think about facts, the emotions, that social part of the brain deactivates and it'll help cortisol go down and then go wash your hands, then take a drink of water and then come back to it. <laughs> yeah. And I love what you said because it helps us, like you said, just tap into this, that, the, the strategy and the problem solving. I mean, we feel like we're on fire now with just being, you know, event professionals yeah. with capes and we can solve all of the problems. But if you react in the way that you're saying to react, it, we think about all the amazing things that we can do, right? When we are yeah. able to take that deep breath and to wash our hands and to come back to the situation and maybe perhaps think of a solution that probably wouldn't have come to us if we hadn't have done that. So Right. Because yeah. where new ideas come from isn't when this thing is cooking and on fire. It's mm -hmm. when we're relaxed. Mm -hmm. And so that's why they happen in dreams. They happen in the shower. They happen when we're going for a walk, meditating. Like We let our mind go open. Mm -hmm. That's where new ideas come from. So when we're sitting we're like, I'm going to think about this idea, nothing will come. We're we're crunching data. We're looking at that. But when we really need to do creative problem solving, we need to let the brain open up and be and just relax and bring all those neurochemicals down and the beautiful ones up. And it is about how you practice. You do play how you practice. So practice little safe times, maybe with yourself, you know, practicing doing things differently, brush your teeth differently, have a little soft non-risk moment that you start to wire your brain differently because it is how the wiring is connected. So it's not a matter of will. It's about how are you helping your brain? Trying to doing it in your personal life with low risk will help you start to do it professionally when there is more risk at take. Mm, that's great. Thank you. So yeah. as we wrap up this, this session on kindness. Can you share an example of how kindness have just impacted you? I know you said your, you know, your mom mm -hmm. kind of raised you this way, or yeah. even a memorable situation where you use kindness and it maybe has impacted someone in a, in a major way. Yeah. You know, when you ask this question, it got really real for me. Mm. So I want to share that because part of we talked a little bit about being, you know, trust mm -hmm. shows vulnerability. So I'm gay. I've been with my partner for 21 years. 2016, the Supreme Court passed gay marriage. And it wasn't because the gays got out and we protested. It's because heterosexuals stood up for me. They didn't even know me. Some of them didn't know me, but they did it because they had a family member. That act of kindness, like we, we look through our own lenses. We look through our own eyes. If you're not gay, you don't know what it's like to be gay. But heterosexuals stood and said, you know what? Your love is as valued and valuable and equal as mine. That act of kindness, whew, man, 
that leveled me that day. I was just it. So it can be that monumentous to stand up for someone and say, I see you. I'm not like you, but I value you. And you should have that. That is a big capital K kindness. And then the small kindness. I just went through Culver's, a fast food here in Wisconsin. And somebody, the car ahead of me, paid for my lunch. (laughs) Oh, man, that made my day, right? That's a small kindness act. Somebody held the door for me when both my arms were full. Like all those little acts of, like, this just says, I see you, you're important. And that is the crux of kindness. Mm -hmm. And if we just say to people, I know the most powerful thing I can do as a public teacher is I tell my students in my own head, I see you. I see you because some of them don't get seen today. So all that kindness, it is all wrapped around. And ultimately, kindness can create world peace. (laughs) So I bless all the war that's happening in our life. I bless all of the beautiful things and also the troubling parts. Kindness can help us as humans be more profitable and more fulfilling. Hmm. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Yeah. No, thank um, you for being you. Yeah. Um, well, as we wrap up, I have a rapid fire session that I do with all of the guests on the podcast. All right. I need water after that. It's just, <laughs> let's take a deep breath. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So this is really quick, nice and light, but it's just a few quick questions just so for us to get to know Janet better. And yeah, let's go right. for it if you're up for it. The first Ready to question, go. Okay. So the first question is, tell us what would you do on a Saturday afternoon to just relax and enjoy your life? What What is Janet's go-to thing to do? Go in nature. Nature nurtures for me. So go out for a walk. I love going birding. I love observing what's happening in the wind and the leaves, the colors, the changes. Nature. It's my, it's my go-to for everything. Yeah, it's beautiful. You can learn a lot from nature too. Oh, yes. <laughs> now, next question is if you could pick any place in the world to travel to that you haven't been to, what would be on your bucket mm-hmm. list? Egypt. Okay. Egypt, because I'm curious, you know, it's so much of fundamentally like how how it's developed and impacted us today. I'd love to go back and see some of that historical pieces and and learn more about that. So I'd be very curious about Egypt. Okay. I like Egypt. I haven't been either. I want to travel there too. Yeah. Um, the next question is one book, it can be fiction or nonfiction, that you would recommend any anyone to read? Hmm. If you could recommend that one book. No. Oh, man. I love books. One book, <laughs> you yes. know, I think... Um, Oh man, that's a, it's t- that's a tough question. Skip, pass. I want to pass that question. It's too hard. Okay. Two books. Okay. <laughs> okay, we're gonna skip it. Sure. All right. Yeah. Okay. Let's skip, skip it. it. All right. So the last question is: If you could go back to when, let's say, you were eighteen, and tell your eighteen-year-old self anything, what would you tell her? Calm the down. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be okay. 
It's going to be okay. Life is a journey. It's not a destination that has clear steps to take. It is a hot mess. And so you know you have the things inside you to know what to do. You got to listen to that voice and find that voice. So just calm down. Lean into your power. You are a powerful young woman. Lean into it and have the courage to step into a moment that is that feels risky because that's at the edge of coming through breakness of, of greatness and new things. So that's what I would tell that 18 year old. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Well, thank you, Janet. Thank you so much for being here on the podcast. It was such a treat for me to have you on. And I love just hearing all of the knowledge and expertise that you have to share. So I really appreciate you and just want to thank you again for being here. Oh, it's always a pleasure spending time with you, Naomi Tucker. You are an amazing human being on this planet. And I feel blessed to have you in my life. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. We will catch you on the next episode. Until then, stay on purpose. Well, that wraps it up for this episode. If you enjoyed the conversation, hit the like button and tell us how much you enjoyed the show by leaving a message in the comments. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.